Jesus, but through us. He said, you're going to do these greater works. And then he immediately followed that by saying, whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. So how am I going to do the greater works? In the name of Jesus, I ask and Jesus does it. Amen? And then he said, after that, he said, you'll ask the Father and he'll give it to you. You'll ask the Father and he'll give it to you so that your joy would be full. So there is an asking in Jesus' name for the works to be done, and Jesus does them. And then there is an asking the Father for the provisions, for the things in our life, and He will give it to us. And we're asking in Jesus' name. He said, this is going to be different for you because you've not asked before in my name. But from now on, this is how it will be. Why? Because with Him going to the cross and establishing us as born again, it is possible for us to operate in the delegated authority of his name. And then he also talks about the Holy Spirit. Let's look here in John 14. And I'll start with verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another. I'm going to stop with this word another because it is important. The word another in the Greek, there are two words that could have been used to say another. But the fact that the Holy Spirit specifically used this word another tells us something important. In the Greek language, this word means another of the exact same kind. For instance, if you had a bowl of fruit sitting on the table and you reached out and you took a banana out of that bowl of fruit and you ate that banana and then you asked, may I have another? Well, there's a whole bowl of fruit. Do you mean another piece of fruit or do you mean another piece of fruit of the exact same kind that you just partook of? This word would mean I'm asking for another banana because I want another one just like I just had, exactly like what I just received. And he said, you will receive, I will ask the Father that he will give you another of the exact same type, another of the exact same kind as me. When it says another comforter, another like who? Another just like Jesus. Because Jesus had been to them everything that this word comforter means. Everything that this word comforter signifies, and we're going to look at that next, But everything that it signifies, Jesus had been to them. So he said, the Father will send another just like me. And I want you to see how emphatic this means for you and I. It means that if Jesus were standing here and telling me how to do something, the Holy Spirit would say exactly what Jesus would have said. He will advise me exactly like Jesus would have advised me as if Jesus himself was standing right here giving me the advice, telling me how to do it. The Holy Spirit will use the exact same illustration Jesus would use. He'll use the exact same instruction Jesus would use. He's exactly like Jesus. He would say exactly what Jesus would have said if Jesus himself had been there to tell you what to do. That makes me want to get up and talk to my teacher every day. (laughs) Why? Because when I interact with the Holy Spirit, 
It's like having Jesus himself teaching me. Because he's so much like Jesus. He is the spirit of Jesus. He is the spirit of God. He is so much like Jesus. He will, he will tell us. You can't go to Jesus and him say, I wouldn't have told you that. Well, the Holy Spirit told me this and Jesus said, what? No, don't do that. No, 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 no. If, if you go say, Jesus, the Holy Spirit said, he said, I would have said the same thing. I would have done the same thing. I would have told you to do that too. Amen? Amen. That's important. So another comforter. Let's talk about this word comforter. In the original language, it's the word paraclete. Para, which means come alongside. A lot of our schools today have paras in the school. And those paras help the classroom teacher. They are not the classroom teacher. They help the classroom teacher. They come alongside that teacher and they help with the special needs children. They help with certain assignments. They help with, with certain uh, uh, areas of that classroom, but they are not the classroom teacher. They come alongside to help. So that is what that part of this Greek word means, paraclete. And so called alongside uh, to help. And so this word uh, uh, para means called, means alongside. And the word cleat means called, summoned, or appointed. Cleat in that word means called, summoned, or appointed. So para alongside, cleat, called, appointed, or summoned. This word is the same word that would indicate a calling to a pastoral office, a calling to step into the office of an evangelist, an office of the apostle, called, summoned, appointed. It is specifically referring to a divine call, a divine calling. When, when, a, when God calls a person and sets that person in an office, it is a divine calling that comes with divine equipment. It, there's supernatural equipment in the pastor's office. There's, pastor says, you know, pastors have stories. It's in our tool belt, right? What he's saying is there is a supernatural equipping in my office to help you, to help break it down for you so that it sticks with you and you understand it. Amen? So that calling is a divine calling and it is something I'll stand before God for how I have conducted myself in this office, how I have fulfilled, it has to be fulfilled, the calling is something that you have to, you, we're invited to the calling, but we have to answer that invitation. We have to walk out that calling. That is the word used to describe how the Holy Spirit is called to help you. It is a divine appointment from God the Father that He has specifically set the Holy Spirit in the office, in a divine office with supernatural equipment, with a supply to help you. It's his calling. He, he takes it as seriously as I take my pastoral calling. And probably even more so. He takes it seriously because the father called him to help you. Amen. His calling is to help you. To help you. To teach you. 
to instruct you. Hallelujah. That's his divine calling. So he's very serious and prepared. He is prepared. He's prepared to teach you everything you need to know in this life. He is prepared to teach you everything you need to know about raising your family. Everything you need to know about prayer. Everything you need to know about walking in victory. He's prepared to teach us. So that you know what this shows us? This shows us that if I'm not learning, it's not because he's not a good teacher. <laughs> it's not because the Holy Spirit has fallen short on his job. He's not prepared to teach me. No, 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 no. He's prepared. He's ready. And the more I come to him as my teacher and the more I interact with him, the more I'm going to get out of this relationship. He can, he can fast track me if I give him my attention. He can get me on course if I give him my attention. He can help me find out where I'm missing it only if I come to him and say, teach me. Right. I, you have my full attention. I want to know. I'm all ears. You know, I went to algebra class <laughs> and I don't remember anything. <laughs> I went to algebra class after the first couple of algebra lessons. I came to algebra class expecting to take a nap. <laughs> expecting to do my grammar lesson. <laughs> I mean, I'd have the algebra book open, but I was finishing my spelling lessons. You know, I was, feeling, I was finishing something else. I was, I was, I was uh, breaking down the different parts of the sentence or something because I loved... The grammar, I loved the literature, I loved the reading, I loved all of the things having to do with the English class, but I mean, I was not interested in algebra at all. I, I was okay with math until they, put until they started putting the alphabet on the board with the math numbers. What have you done? What have you done? A plus B does not equal C. You're, that's the alphabet. Why do you have the alphabet in math class for? I just was offended about it, you know, and, and so I had an attitude, and so I did not learn anything. I did not interact with that teacher, and I finally just shut down and did not even come with an, with an attitude to learn or a willingness to learn, and I didn't learn anything as a result. And so Jesus was teaching in Mark chapter 4 and he said, With the measure of thought and study you give, it will determine the measure of inspiration, revelation, and understanding you receive back. With the measure of thought and study that you give, and I'm, I'm using an amplified translation of that verse in Mark chapter 4, with the measure of thought and attention and study that you give. So in other words, if you'll come to the Holy Spirit and you'll say, I want to know, help me. He knows your best way of learning. When I was raising my children, I, I quickly learned that the way my oldest, Jessica, learned and the way my middle child, my son, Gene, learned were totally different because if I just gave Jessica a new notebook and some new pencils, she was so excited. She loved school and everything about writing in a new notebook and new pencils and sharpening her pencils. I mean, she just was a school. Uh, she was, loved it. And I found out if I wanted Gene to even pay attention, I needed to let him do some jumping jacks while he did his math, math multiplication facts, right? 
because he was more, his method of learning was different than her method of learning. And so you can experience as you go through class, through school, maybe you remember there were some teachers that you connected with more because that teacher was your style of learning. You know, when we went to um, learn our first year of Spanish, Pastor and I attended a, an elementary one course of Spanish at, at JUCO, and um, I was all in with the way that this teacher learned because he would write it all out on the board, and he would make the, you know, this is the, the verb form, and he's got all these lines pointing to this. This is in the present progressive, and this is in the subjunctive, and this is the conditional and everything, and and pastor was was it was not his method of learning but he went back to a different teacher for the next one he and I had different schedules for the next lesson and he got a teacher that played word games with them and he would have the whole class doing these word games he learned more about Spanish in that class because that was his style of learning he needed, to, he needed the competition part. If y'all know Pastor, if you put a competition on it, he's going to bring his A game, right? And so he wanted that competition and, and putting it in, in that game way. He learned so much in that, because that teacher taught in a way that he received better. Amen. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how you best receive. He knows if you'll interact with him, he'll teach you the way you receive best. Hallelujah. You're not going to be at a disadvantage. Well, I don't like the way the Holy Spirit does this. No, he knows the way that's going to really make it stick with you Amen. and the real, way to really get across to you. He knows how to bring it into your life in a way if we'll just interact with him. So let's talk about this word uh, from the Amplified for this word comforter because I've, I've told you this word called alongside to help but it's such a big word in the original language that uh, the Amplified Bible gave it a multitude of definitions and they're all accurate. They're all accurate. So here we see, I will ask the Father and he will give you another just like me, another Comforter, if we just stop with comforter, we're going to think someone who makes us feel better, someone who helps us through a hard time, someone who helps us if we're grieving. But the word means so much more. It means counselor. One of the greatest ways for this word to be described would be a trainer. A trainer. A coach is another good example. The coach cannot play the game on the field, but the coach can prepare the players how to play the game. He can stand on the sidelines and give them plays that they, he can see from a perspective. And the Holy Spirit cannot walk out your life for you, but he can stand there alongside to help coach you in the reaction that you need to have, the response that you need to have, the steps that you need to take, and in doing so, give you the advantage on the field. Amen? Amen. So he is our counselor. He is our helper. He is our intercessor. We, we're going to learn as we look at different scriptures that he, he searches what's in the heart of God for us and will help us know it. He takes what belongs to Jesus and reveals it to us. Amen? 
He's working as an in-between, helping us get the exact plan of God walked out for our life. Why? Because the plan of God for your life, the very best plan, is in the heart of God. But through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in the heart of God. And through the Holy Spirit, He searches those things of God and comes and reveals them to us. He takes what belongs to Jesus that came from the Father, these things God has prepared for us, and He reveals them to us. So He's a go-between. He only says what He hears. Who's He listening to? The Father and Jesus. So what Jesus says, He's going to bring us exactly from the mouth of Jesus, what Jesus wants to say to us. Even bringing to our remembrance things that he said that we've forgotten. Praise God, I like that part really good. Because he has helped me remember some things. He did tell me that. I mean, you've got, to, you've got to know that there are some things that become so clear when you are just right there in the Spirit and you're prayed up and you're just listening, you're in the Spirit, and then uh, you get up in the next morning, what was that? Where was that scripture? He was showing me, Lord. And then you got to say this, help me remember. Holy Spirit, bring that to my remembrance. And then just give some time. He'll bring it to you. Amen. He'll help you bring that clarity back to the, what God was trying to show you in that moment. So he is an advocate, it says, a strengthener. Oh, praise God. And a standby. So this word, because it means alongside, but we've just looked at all these scriptures that tells us he dwells in us. Wait a minute. He dwells in me, but what does it mean he's alongside me? The way he teaches and the way he deals with us is like he's walking along every step of the way with us, directing us in our path, directing us in our decisions, directing us in our life. He is dealing with us as one right alongside. He dwells in us. And you'll hear, but it's, it's like he's walking along saying, don't step on that. Oh, watch what for that. You know, take this next turn that he's helping us as one who's walking in life with us. So this is important to us, how he deals with us. Let's look in verse 17. It says, even the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. Now, um, out of all of the names that Jesus used to describe the spirit, This one is the one he uses most often, the spirit of truth. There are other, in in the New Testament indications, the spirit of grace, uh, uh, the spirit of uh, other indications. But when Jesus was describing to his disciples this change in their relationship with the Holy Spirit, he emphasized the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth, he's just like me, and he's the spirit of truth. In other words, you can trust him. He's not going to lead you into anything that is not true. If he is witnessing it to you, it's because it's truth. And the way that we interact with him protects us from being deceived. If the spirit of truth abides in me, 
then he will alert me if I'm hearing something that's deception. He will alert me and prepare me and warn me from that deception. So we see here that he will... um, He is the comforter. He is the spirit of truth. It says, whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. He wasn't in them before the cross because no blood had been shed to cleanse them from sin. At this moment, they were still operating under the Old Testament standard of a relationship with God. Because the blood hadn't been shed, their new nature couldn't be born. And so he's saying, he's been with you. Well, we know the Holy Spirit was with John the Baptist. But he wasn't with John the Baptist the way he's with you. Why? Because John the Baptist wasn't born again. He, the Holy Spirit came upon him, but the Holy Spirit did not dwell in him in the same way that the Holy Spirit dwells in you because you and I, we are alive unto God. And with that life, the Holy Spirit himself came in to dwell in us. And so he says, he has been with you. These are men who had, had laid hands on the sick and seen them recover. They had been out operating in the anointing, in praying for people, operating in the anointing and casting out demons. And so the Holy Spirit had operated and worked with them the same way he worked with other Old Testament anointed people. But he was not in them. He said, he will be, he will be in you. Well, we are in this day. He is in us. He is in us. So the Holy Spirit, the comforter, just like Jesus the one who is called by God with a divine holy calling, equipped with spiritual equipment, who is called alongside us to help us, to teach us, to lead us and guide us, he dwells in us. Let's look also at um, verse 26 of this same chapter. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. So let me just, King James, King James uses the word ghost because in that day of King James, that was how the word that they would use for spirit. So the Holy Spirit is uh, is probably more accurate in our verbiage today because we, we, aren't, we wouldn't say, well, we are born-again ghosts. We, are, we would say we're born again spirits. We're spirits. Amen? So the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. He will teach you all things. Hallelujah. He'll teach you. Well, we know that God has placed in the body. He said in Ephesians chapter 4, he put in the body the gift of the pastor and the gift of the teacher as some of those gifts, the fivefold ministry gifts, for the perfecting of the saints, for the maturing, for the growth, the development. So we know if, if, if the Holy Spirit is teaching you, he's, God is not 
uh, saying you won't need a local church and you won't need a pastor, you won't need the office of a teacher. He's saying the Holy Spirit is called to teach you in these individual things in your life. And none of the, the, the gifts, the, when we call gifts, I'm talking about the fivefold ministry gifts, in the New Testament church, the prophet is not supposed to guide your life the way the prophet on the Old Testament did. Under the Old Testament, none of them had the access. None of those people had access to know God. But he wants us all to learn his voice and to follow the teaching of the Holy Spirit. And then when the pastor or a gift of the teacher is teaching... They're operating by the Holy Spirit too. Amen? So that's Holy Spirit designated uh, uh, growth for us. He said the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. That's why we encourage you to bring your Bible to church. I know it's on the screen, but if you're taking notes and you're marking it in your Bible or on your, your, your Bible app on your device then you're learning, you're, he's, he's teaching you through the gift of the pastor, through the person ministering behind the pulpit. He's showing you so that when you go home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, during the week, you're able to, to know how to dig into the Word. He'll teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So this is a personal teacher. You have been assigned a God-ordained personal teacher, the Holy Spirit, who will not only teach you but help you remember things that he has spoken to you. Now let's also look at John 16, verses 13 through 15. John 16, verse 13. How be it? Let's actually, I want to pick up and just read verse 7 first. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. The word expedient would mean to your advantage. It is to your advantage that I go away. I, I, I can imagine what they thought. What? Are you kidding me? Whoa, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus, you are the one who multiplies the fish and the loaves. You're going to tell me it's better for me if you go? I think I could see a lot of advantages if you stay. Uh, wait, wait, you're the one who raised that widow of Nain's son. Uh, you're the one who called Lazarus back from the dead. You, you, I, I think you should just stay. I like having you around. I like having you around because you know how to handle every situation. You know how to change things for the good. You know, I think we should keep you. You're the one who, when the storm was raging and we thought we were all going to die, you're the one who calmed the storm. I think I can see a lot of reasons why it would be better for me if you stayed. <laughs> but Jesus said, no, no, no. No, it's better for you if I go. Why? Because if I go not away, the comforter will not come. So he is saying that having the comforter with us is better than having Jesus himself on the earth. 
Why? Because if Jesus himself was on the earth, he would be limited to one, one place, one geographical location. But if he's able to send his Holy Spirit, he can be with us all at the same time through his Spirit, Amen. by his Spirit. And, the, and we would not have to wait to try to find where Jesus is to help him fix our problem. He would be with us available by his Spirit the Spirit of God, the Comforter, there to help us know what Jesus would tell me to do if Jesus were here. So he said, if I go not away, the Comforter will not come. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. So he said, it is to your advantage. So the Holy Spirit is your advantage. Your interaction with him is going to help you take full benefit, full, full access to that advantage that he brings. But if we, just, if we just leave him in our prayer time and only interact with the Holy Spirit here and there, now and again, and just when we're in a bind, then he's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself in on the situation and say, Hey, I got the answer. <laughs> Why don't you ask me? <laughs> ask me where you left your car keys. I know. Ask me what you should do about that financial deficit this month. I know. Ask me. And, and so when we begin to learn to interact with him, then we're, taking it, we're, we're receiving the advantage Jesus says he is to us. It's to your advantage. Now let's go at verse 13. How be it when he... Oh, 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 oh. Verse 12. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How would you have liked to heard that from Jesus? <laughs> I have things to say that you can't receive. You can't take it. That's what he said to them. I have things to say. Whew, well, can you record it? And when I get to a place, I want to pick it up. I can read, listen to it. You know, that's what I think. Brother Hagin said, I have things that the Lord has shown me that I've never shared with anybody. And I'm like, if he would have just sat down in a room with a tape player and told us all those things, right? Well, they're not lost. The Holy Spirit has them. All those things that Jesus wanted to say, but they weren't able to bear, and all the things that he wants to be able to teach us, when we get to that place, the Holy Spirit. He said, how be it when the Spirit of truth comes, when the Comforter comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, He's going to bring you into all these things I want to say. He'll bring you into it if we're interacting with Him, if we're communing with Him, if we're learning from Him. When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into it. So that means there should never come a place in our life where we say, I've learned all I can learn. I know all I can know. No, if I, I've got access to the one who knows all things. I, the more I interact with him and the more I come to him and the more I learn from him, the more I have to learn. He said he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear... Now, who is he hearing from? God, the Father, Jesus, the Son. Whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. He will glorify me. 
for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So this word show means to announce or declare. He'll announce it to you. He'll show you things to come and he'll show you what is yours in Christ. He'll receive of mine and show it to you because everything that's in Christ belongs to me too. Everything that is in Christ is mine too. By God's design, by God's choice, what he put in Christ is, is just as much mine as it is Christ because Christ and I, we're one. You and Jesus, you're one. And you, in order for you to walk in that, you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit show you. You can't see the righteousness you are in Christ without the illumination of the Spirit of God showing you. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. You can't see it without His help. He's the one who energizes and brings life to the Scripture to, and leads you into that Scripture to know. He'll show you things to come. He'll receive of mine and show it, announce it, declare it. And this is another definition of the word show. He'll rehearse it. He'll rehearse it. <laughs> He's like, oh, come on. Let's, let's rehearse this again, Carrie. Come on, we're going to rehearse this. You're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. You're like, that's right. That's right. Come on, we're going to rehearse it. Let's go over it again. Let's go over it again. More than a conqueror through him that loves you. Oh, that's right. Always causes you to triumph. That's right. He'll rehearse it with you. He'll show you things to come. He'll take what is mine and rehearse it with you. Announce it to you. Declare it and rehearse it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to close with 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter two, let's begin with verse nine. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. So through the natural senses, the eye hasn't seen it. I can't through the natural understanding, the natural hearing and seeing and, and the natural heart of man, it has not entered in the things that God has, has prepared, not going to prepare. God has prepared things. God has them prepared. They're prepared now. They are, they are at this moment prepared. You know, it was one thing for Grandma to say, I'm going to make some biscuits. And it was a whole other thing for Grandma to say, the biscuits are ready. Because Grandma didn't pop the can. It took her a while to prepare them. It took a while, and you, she usually didn't have to tell me, my nose knew. <laughs> the biscuits are almost ready. That's how I learned to bake with my nose. I can tell when, my, when, when that's it, what's in the oven. I can, it's almost ready. Before I even look at the clock, tell me how many time. I know we got you know, people watching the time. I can tell by the smell it's almost ready. <laughs> right? Well, it says that God has prepared. He has things prepared for us. 
Oh, I want what God has prepared for me. Do you want what God has prepared for you? I want it. If he prepared it, it's not for just when we go to heaven. That is religion that has put off until till the end of this age things that God intended for us to experience and enjoy and partake of now. He has prepared them. But my eyes can't see it all. My natural being cannot receive these spiritual things, these provisions of God that he has prepared. So how is God going to show them to me? God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. That's how we know what's ours. That's how we know these things that he's prepared for us. His, the destiny that he has for us. The plan and the purpose. The impartations and the, the, the walking out of, of his, his glorious plan. How are we going to know it? The Holy Spirit's going to show us. He's going to reveal them. And, and the spirit revealing is God's, God's desired communication method. God does not desire to have to speak verbally, audibly into your ears. He would rather you learn how to pick it up in your spirit. Every believer is built with the radar of the spirit called revelation knowledge. You are capable, but you got to learn how to read the radar. You got to, you know, there are, are instruments on the dash in your car. If you don't ever look at the instruments on the dash in your car, you're not going to know what they're showing you. Amen. And that could be, that could keep you on the side of the road, right? Get you stuck. If you run out of gas, you got to look at that instrument, right? We got to learn how to look at this revelation of the Holy Spirit so he can show us things so we stay on course. He says he reveals them by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. He has looked diligently through the plans that God has for you. The plans and the purposes and the design that God has for your life. He has searched through it. He knows the schematic of it. He knows the blueprint. He's like, I know all the details God has for your life. Well, I want to know. Okay, I'll show them to you. But I'm not going to show them to you through natural means of the flesh. I've got to show you in your spirit. Why is that important? Well, in the previous verse, it said that God's wisdom, that none of the princes of this world knew it, verse 8. They couldn't understand the wisdom of God. They couldn't understand these things revealed by the Spirit. Why? If they had been able to understand it, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, there are things that pertain to the plan of God for your life that the enemy has no way to even get out ahead of you and sabotage you because he can't pick them up in his Spirit like you can pick them up in yours. You can receive from God details about your life that will put you at an advantage and above the circumstance and ahead of the situation. And the enemy's like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I mean, he thought he had Jesus when he put him on the cross. He crucified the Lord of glory thinking, I just killed the Son of God. Woo! 
not realizing I just sacrificed the lamb and now the entire human race has access to the life of God through believing on Jesus. What did I just do? Did I do that? Come on, he had no idea. He thought he had won, and when in reality, he had lost. Tragically, I mean, I mean, whooped. Not, not just defeated, he was whooped. <laughs> it was, it was uh, the victory, but he didn't understand it. Amen. And he doesn't understand it when you walk in Revelation either. He doesn't understand it when you walk in the light of what God is revealing to you in your spirit. And if you don't open your mouth and tell him, he won't know either. There's some things you need to use the wisdom of Mary and just hide it in your heart until the right time to say some things because why let him know what God's revealing to me? Why why let him in on? He wasn't a part of this memo. The Holy Spirit brought straight from the heart of God a specific design, a specific strategy, a specific instruction for me, and I don't have to open my mouth and tell all that the Holy Spirit has just told me until the right time. Amen? It says in verse... So it says he, he, he searches the deep things of God. Let's look at verse 12. Now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. We have received the spirit which is of God. We have. Not going to. We have. Say that with me. I have have received received the spirit spirit which is of God. God. Why he dwells in you. He dwells in you. Every day he's assigned by God, called with a divine call, a holy calling. It's his, his His purpose in life is to help you and to teach you and to guide you into all truth. It says we have received the Spirit of God so that we might know. He wants me to know. God does not want us living in the dark where spiritual things are concerned, where His plan and purpose is concerned, where His victory is concerned. He wants us walking in the light. I know what to do. Why? Because I'm in the light. I don't have to have the information to to be able to say, I know what I'm going to do. Because in me is the one who does know what I need to do. and, And he'll tell me what I need to do. So I am not at a loss to know what to do. Amen. The Spirit, he has given me the Spirit which is of God so that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. So I know, and then with the knowing, I began to talk in line with that. We speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but we speak with words that the Holy Spirit teaches. So part of this interaction, he's going to reveal things. He's going to show me things. But he's also going to correct me and have me talking right so that I talk in line with what, he's, with what God has shown me. Words which the Holy Spirit teaches. Has he taught you any words to say recently? Has he been teaching you what to say? 
Words which the Holy Spirit teaches. I know you've heard Pastor and I ex- use this example before, but uh, in uh, one of our children's uh, lives, they were making decisions and it was a very difficult time in our family and we were doing what we knew to do in the natural as well as taking a stand in a spiritual uh, uh, position of faith. Uh, But because it was just constant, constant bad decision after bad decision that was putting this person in danger, uh, it was something that we were always saying, well, what do we do and how do we handle this? And, and, And finally, the Lord spoke to pastor and said, this is what I want you to say. My children are following the plan of God for their life. And specifically that person. And and we would call that child's name and say, that child is following the plan of God for their life. Well, it didn't look like they were following the plan of God for their life. There's still times that I'm, I'm following the plan of God. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. Why? Because anything else is not going to be profitable for them. So I might as well just go ahead and say what the Spirit of God told me to say. That child is following the plan of God. For their life. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's what the Holy Ghost said to say about the situation. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us. And it says this phrase. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. It goes right into talking about the fact that the natural man can't receive the things of the Spirit of God. But I don't want you to lose what he's just saying. He's he's teaching us how to look at things spiritually. The Holy Spirit is teaching us how to look at spiritual truths, look at spiritual possessions, look at spiritual designs, look at spiritual blueprints, look at spiritual things and be able to identify them and not talk from a natural standpoint, but be able to say out of my spirit in line with something that He has shown me that came out of the heart of God. Hallelujah. And because I'm born again, I can, I can participate with that. Hallelujah. Stand with me to your feet. Lift your hands right now and, and just submit to His teachings. Hallelujah. Father, we come as a church family and we desire every one of us to increase in our interaction with the one who is called to be our teacher. We recognize today the importance and the value of our time spent with the one who is called to help us, called to teach us. And we want to know what he is assigned to show us. Lord, I pray for a spiritual hunger in every heart. A spiritual reaching for truth, for knowledge, for spiritual progress in their life and a maturing. I thank you, Lord, for the help the Holy Spirit brings us. And we give honor to His place in our life. We give honor by bringing a hunger to learn what he would like to teach us. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, would you say amen?